Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. This could be a terrible idea. Just got off work. It's midnight. In the dungeon. On the treadmill. If I'm losing my breath, it's because I'm losing my breath. If I'm losing my mind, it's because I'm losing my mind. But hey, we got some salaries. We got the truck series at Richmond. Let's give it a shot. This could be fun. This could be interesting. Who knows what's going to happen here with this podcast. Let's look at the salaries. John Hunter Nemechek, number one on the board. 11400 Plenty of laps in this race. That salary is not that inflated. I can deal with that. I can accept that. Not a problem. If we're using IRP, which I've talked extensively about how I am really heavily leaning on IRP or Lucas Oil Raceway Park. That doesn't mean I'm going to ignore practice. If in practice, John Hernandez is slow, then yeah, probably we're going to not necessarily bail, but yeah, I'm going to dial it back a little bit. But heading into practice, and in addition to supplementar- supplementarily, uh, then I'm going to look at it. John Hunter Nemechek, fast at IRP, expecting to be fast in this race. He won at this racetrack in Richmond last season with his uncle crew chief, Eric Phillips. And not only did he win at IRP last season, he won at IRP and beat the boss man. Yeah, Kyle Busch has not been as dominant in the truck series with crew chief Marty Lindley. That is true. And yes, Kyle Busch in the truck series has not been a dominant force without practice. That is true. But it is still Kyle Busch Motorsports. And it is still Kyle Busch. So when Jonathan Nemechek handedly defeats the boss man, and you can see the numbers on your screen, that's a pretty strong smackdown. They go back and watch the race over. Yeah, makes sense that he will be the most expensive driver. He's got the track history in recent form. He is Jonathan Nemechek. It is KBM and IRP. They look pretty good as a whole. What else we got? $11,000 for Zane Smith. I might not go in this route. Zane Smith, to me, strikes me as a better intermediate track driver, a good driver. But when we get to some of these short flat tracks or short tracks, and I've got to go through the data to be certain, but I mean, Gateway finished ninth. He's got some good road course wins. IRP finished third, but he wasn't the third best driver in that race. I've talked over and over. We've broken down this race plenty of times. I don't need to go over that. That's an inflated finish. At best, Zane Smith was the fifth best driver in that race. So $11,000, if I had to choose between Smith and Nemechek, and let's pretend that they're the same speed in practice and that they're qualifying and probably are starting in the same position, it is a no-brainer for me that I will be rostering John Hunter Nemechek. Won't even hesitate. And I would imagine that most people will be going down the same route. 
And if that's the case, then yeah, maybe Zane Smith is the pivot. But I just not have not seen him run well at these short flat tracks. He could, and he's been good at the road courses, which tend to favor flat track drivers. But sometimes we play a little bit too much into them. Carson Hosever, late model short track racer. Just recently, on Wednesday night, I just watched him race at Berlin. Berlin's got a little bit more banking than Richmond does. Nonetheless, it's always good that these young drivers or old drivers are getting important reps throughout the week, especially when we factor in that you're not getting three practices. Hendrick Motorsports has given the green light to a lot of their drivers saying, hey, get out there and run. Where, you know, in previous seasons, Chuck Nelson was talking about this at the last Richmond race. In previous seasons, Hendrick didn't really want Jimmy Johns and Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt Jr. out there running throughout the week. They were going to give plenty of reps on Friday and Saturday. They didn't even need to run Xfinity Series races. Take your rest. Do your homework. You don't need to go across the country and the coastal board of late tracks. But now, without that much practice time, the green light's on. Hey, Larson, get out there. Get your reps. William Byron, you know, go run, go win the Slinger National. Alex Bowman, run your dirt tracks. Chase Elliott, get out there with Ace SRX. Do it. Carson Hosever running this week. He was looking at halfway decent. Eventually, late in the race. It's a long race. 240 laps, late model race at Berlin. That's a big deal. I think we were about three quarters through the race, and he wrecked and ran into the wall. He led some laps up front, diced it up, looked good, looked strong blocking, looked pretty aggressive, having some pretty good runs with William Byron. You like to see that. Ten thousand five hundred is pretty expensive, but he did lead laps at IRP. That was circumstantial, but he was running in a position to take advantage. I would like him better than Zane Smith. I do. Ten thousand five hundred. I know it's an expensive price tag for Carson Hosever, but I like the laps that he got this week. I like his laps at IRP. Ultimately, I think he's a little bit better of a short track racer than Zane Smith. Chandler Smith, 10,300, probably a steal considering, you know, he's got the KBM truck, great laps at IRP, didn't get to finish at IRP, we've talked about that, that's because he stayed out late, gets into a wreck of Zane Smith, that's in stage two, falls to the back, pretty much race over, doesn't leave any laps because he can't get around, John Hernimacek in stage one, had a truck that could probably want, could have won the race. Look great in the ARCA race at IRP. Everything checks out. Good at the short tracks. Uh, what did he finish last year at this racetrack? Second or third? KVM pretty much one, two, and three, I think it was. Uh, he finished fourth. Pimachek second. KVM or Kyle Busch second. So pretty strong showing for Kyle Busch Motorsports last season at Richmond. I would imagine they're going to show up strong again at Richmond. Not much has changed. Not much has changed in the setup of the trucks. So if they set up fast last season at Richmond, 
they should set up fast. This season, Richmond, if they set up fast at IRP, which they did, then they should again set up fast at Richmond. Nemechek, right now, number one for me, it's fine. Smith, not too far behind. Hosever, good. Smith would be slotted in at four. I'm not really counting on Smith to be a hog. I could see Hosever being a hog or getting fast laps and lap sled points. Definitely counting on Nemechek. If I'm rostering John Hunter Nemechek, feel confident in him leading laps or Smith. Tiebreaker probably would be, let's see what they do in practice, and let's see what their qualifying position is. Corey Hine, the third KVM truck, would not feel really comfortable going there. I've talked about this in previous podcasts. Without the ARCA laps, with very limited experience at this track, I am a little bit concerned. The truck's going to be set up pretty well. As I just mentioned, KBM's got a pretty good handle on the setup, as demonstrated in previous Richmond races, as demonstrated in the IRP race. Remember, last season at Richmond, they didn't have any practice laps. They were going in cold. And not only were they going in cold, this was just the second race at Richmond in like a decade. And oh, by the way, they weren't practicing in 2020. They weren't practicing in 2021. That's a pretty good demonstration of excellence by Kyle Busch Motorsports that in 2020, just the second season back at the track without any practice, they put John Hennemichek absolutely dominates the field. Kyle Busch, number two. Chandler Smith, got not a lot of laughs, finishes fourth. So Corey Heim's going to be in a pretty good truck. So he's going to have all the advantages in the world. The only problem is John Hennemichek has all those advantages. Chandler Smith has those as well. And he's got some pretty good trucks around him. I want to completely cross him off. But at that price, and I think you're probably in the same boat as I am, at the price where he is, it's I just find the money for Smith. Now, we don't know where they're qualifying at. We haven't seen the practice laps. But assuming that they qualify where we expect them to qualify and assuming they practice where we expect them to practice, find the $200 get Chandler Smith. If you got to get up to Nemechek, get up to Nemechek. But I just don't see going there. You know, I'd rather go down to Ty Majeski. He also participated in the Berlin race this week. Those reps will help. Although he was never a factor in that Berlin race. He was in the top 20. Never cracks the top 10. I don't know what the quality of equipment he was racing was. though. That is so... Before, like, oh, Ty Majeski did not look good in that Berlin race. Well, let's pump the brakes on that. It's a Berlin race. It's a late model race. Let's not over-exaggerate the importance of that event, especially when we don't know the quality of the car that he was driving. We don't know what Eric Jones was in. We don't know what William Byron or Hosefer were driving. Bo Pollard probably had his typical Bo Pollard equipment. But we don't know, so let's, let's be careful with using... That analysis, if anything, let's just say, hey, it's good that Ty Majeski got reps. It's good that Eric Jones got short track reps. It's good that William Byron and Carson Hosever got reps. Other than that, let's be careful. Uh, Majeski's look good lately. They look really good at IRP. He got these extra reps. I would slide him above. Heim, probably not going to go above KBM. Put him right around 
with Hosever. Let's see where the track position situation is. Let's see what the place differential situation is. But when we're trying to decide who's going to leave laps to run fast laps, who's a part of that pool of select drivers, who's behind the velvet rope, who's behind the curtain, in the VIP room, in the lounge, with the halfway naked ladies. Yeah, Ty Majeski's back there with the halfway naked ladies. He's part of that group that you're going to choose from. And him leading laps, running fast laps, and accruing the points. He may not win the race, but he could lead half of stage two and end up in the optimal lineup. And it won't necessarily because he's the best or because Thor Motorsports has the fastest trucks, but because they have fast enough trucks and that the sequencing worked out. And you look at how he led laps at IRP, it wasn't because he was the best. He was a part of the best, and it just worked in his favor. Sometimes it falls to you, just the way that it goes. Go back, look at the way that stage two unfolds. Ben Rhodes, you know the story of Ben Rhodes. He will show up and be whatever he is. Sometimes he's fast in practice, sometimes he isn't. Sometimes he qualifies up front, sometimes he qualifies 19th. In the end, he'll end up or somewhere in the top 10, maybe in the top 5. It's all circumstance with Ben Rhodes. I don't know what to tell you. He's a decent driver. He's got really good equipment. Sometimes they put it together, sometimes they don't. But almost always it seems like his results, and when we're talking about like big-time win results, they're all highly dependent upon the events that occur in the race and the decisions that they make on pit road. Eckes did not look good at IRP. Don't want to overreact to IRP. He's still available. He's still on the board. Let's see what happens. I'm not as high as I mean these other guys. Obviously, I like them better. And I don't really love the price tag. I would much rather go with Grand Infinger. Grand Infinger looked awesome at IRP. I believe that they're going in the right direction. And Infinger is very aggressive. Much more aggressive than probably any of the drivers above him, which says a lot. And you have to be aggressive at these short tracks, at these short flat tracks to make passes, to get positions, especially on restarts. He demonstrated in that IRP race that he is willing to do that, even if it is the playoffs. And if he did it in the last race, he'll do it again, especially since he's got a win in the bank. He's playing with house money. I believe he is qualified for the next round. I think that's how that works. Not completely familiar with the truck series playoffs. I should be completely familiar with them, but whatever. I think he's going for a win. I think he's going for a bunch of points. I like him. Friesen, I've talked about before, not as cheap. It's fine. That's good. That's great. $9,000. I believe he's going to fly into the radar. It all depends on how many people actually listen to this podcast and how many people that listen to this podcast do their own podcast, which garner much more attention. We'll see how that goes. If I am a nobody, then great. Stuart Friesen is going to fly into the radar. And Stuart Friesen... Looked really good at IRP. Not only did Stuart Friesen look 
really good at IRP, but his no-name teammate and a part-time Chris Larson slash Stu Freezing Car ended up in the optimal lineup as well. What's what's the guy's name? We can pull it up. Such a no-name that I can't even remember, even though I've done several podcasts talking about specifically IRP. Running out of steam here. Got to keep going. Got to keep going down here in the dungeon. Lane Riggs. Uh, Lane Riggs, yeah, he definitely finished a lot better than his average running position. But for Lane Riggs, cold Lane Riggs, who is Lane Riggs? He sounds like a professional wrestler. It's like a 1999 WCW guy, Lane Riggs. Jobber. Well, the jobber was running in 21st place, staying on the lead lap, takes advantage of the cautions at the end, and a decent Stuart Friesen truck. And if he can finish seventh, then Stuart Friesen can have a pretty solid day's way. Look, Friesen finished fourth. One of the best average running positions in the last race. $9,000, I believe he'll go overlooked. Unless, of course, I'm talking about him too much, then he won't. But... I don't know how much sway I have. It would be presumptuous to imagine that I'm going to move any markets. So under that circumstance, yes, Stuart Friesen seems like a very delicious play. Okay. Matt Craft and A700, much rather go to Friesen. Yeah, Crafton, I believe he won the 2020 race when no one really knew what they were doing at this racetrack. Was it him or Free or Infinger that won this race? He's got a new crew chief, though. He finished third. It was Infinger. Infinger and Thor Motorsports showed up really well at this racetrack. Hard to get a read on those 2020 just throwing darts at the wall setups. Um, some of these 2020 results, I don't want to say that they're misleading, but hey, you guessed right on the setup randomly. And this is a super random. Like They hadn't been at Richmond in years. So I, I wouldn't overreact to that. He's got a new crew chief, by the way. But he had won, I think, the last race at Richmond, going back way back when. 18th last year. Struggling this year. Looking pretty old, because he is pretty old. Akram's going in the right direction, but 8,500 is really not a great deal, considering he's probably going to start close to 10th. Finish close to 10th. I don't know where the points are going to come from. Maybe that'll be an interesting ownership situation for him. But I don't know. I've talked a lot about Ingram. I like the way that it's going. If he qualifies poorly for whatever reason, I don't see that he would qualify poorly. Then, yeah, maybe you consider him. Derek Krause seems like he's not even the best driver on Bill McAnally's team. Looks like Colby Howard is a little bit better. Krause at 8,300. I just don't know, point per dollar-wise, how he's going to get it done. I feel like when I look at Kraus, he's going to start somewhere in the teens, he's going to finish somewhere in the teens. If he's able to crack the top ten, he might start somewhere inside the top ten. Uh, De Benedetto, is, uh, these are priced pretty well. It's the same thing. De Benedetto, I expect him to maybe start a slot or two behind Kraus and finish a slot or two behind Kraus. I just don't know how he's going to score points. I don't see him getting into the top five. I don't expect, unless he really has a terrible qualifying run, to get double-digit place differential points. 
Tanner Gray, I, he's priced too high. He's not close to the top tens this year. He's not qualifying poorly. That David Gillen car or truck every season is just a 15th place truck. It does not matter who you put in that truck. It's a 15th place truck. And it's 7900 I don't want a 15th place truck. Need a little bit better. Need to get a little bit better, but I just don't see the point per dollar return. When we look at recent form, I know we're all over the place, but it's relatively a 15th place truck. It's actually been a little bit worse than that. Chase Purdy, I don't know. Finished 11th at Pocono. 13th in Mid-Ohio. I don't care about that. 13th in Nashville. Hey, that's halfway decent. 20th in Knoxville. Throw that out. 15th at Sonoma. I don't know if I really care about that. 10th at Gateway. It's not bad. And these are halfway decent results. It's taken Chase Purdy in this G GMS truck a long time to get to 15th. So, yes, let's say, hey, Chase Purdy has climbed the ladder in his GMS truck, and he's finally at 15th. Well, guess what? He's no longer $6,000. $7,800 for Chase Purdy to finish 15th. I Think about it. Uh, I'll take... I'll take Tanner Gray at 79. I'll take Matt DeBenedetto at 81. I'll take Derek Krause at 83. Those guys have higher ceilings, higher floors, at practically the same price. Congratulations, Chase Purdy, that you've kind of, and I'm not completely buying in yet, that maybe you're a top 15 driver. Maybe he's a top 15 driver, but he's priced like he's a guaranteed top 15 driver. He is not a guaranteed top 15 driver. Kaz Grala, his name inflates his salary every time. 7600 for a Randy Young truck is too much. It's just too much. Look. Escape. I'm trying to go over and show you the TV's racing. It is. We like Randy Young. They are an underdog team that we root for. But we don't pay $7,600. Kaz Grala has inflated the price of this truck because of his name. Because once upon a time he won a truck race at Daytona. Because once upon a time he's good in a road course race. He's got a fancy name. His JGL Xfinity team went south. I don't. I just don't get it. And he's got an interesting name. <laughs> but you know, Spencer Boyd, Tate Fogelman, Tyler Dipple. You go through Jesse Little. That's way too much for the equipment that he's driving. Colby Howard's a bit of a steal here, 7,400. He has, I would say he's a better driver than Chase Purdy. He's comparable to Taylor, Tanner Gray winning good equipment, which, I mean, we saw Colby Howard in lackluster equipment in the JD Motorsports car for the Xfinity Series for a couple seasons, and he had some pretty good races in those JD Motorsports cars. You remember that Bristol race where he was just battling with these guys, the 2020 spring Bristol race. He had some standout performances and some pretty weak equipment competing with pretty good cars. Now he's in a halfway decent Bill McAnally truck and we're seeing decent results from him. And he's holding his own. He's better than Purdy. He's up there with Gray. He can hold his own. Sometimes he's better than Benetto. Sometimes he's better than his teammate Derek Krause. 7,400, I like him much more than just about all of these other guys. At IRP, as we mentioned, he was running in the top 10 before Carson Hosever dumped him. 
10 laps left in the top 10, and Hosever just straight out, flat out, Rexy. Austin Wayne Self, 7,200. No thank you. AWS had some pretty good results in 2020 when the competition of the field was not very strong. He always had good track position. No, I mean, I just have not seen anything from these trucks that makes me want to rest Ross Raymond. Plus, he's not even racing as much anymore. They're renting these trucks out. That's never a good sign for a team when Austin Wayne Self is no longer full-time and they're renting the truck out to pay the bills. And so these missed races would leave like, hey, maybe things aren't going well. Hey, these results, these these rating ranks, yeah, it's enough to concern you. Raja Karuth, pretty decent here at Gateway. Been better in the Xfinity series, or been better in the truck series than he has been in the Xfinity series. I would love for him to get some Arca laps. He's not going to get some Arca laps. That's concern. Very limited practice time. 7,100 for a completely unproven driver that has shown that in the Xfinity series with few reps, he can be a bit of a problem. You're going to throw him in at Richmond, which is not necessarily. Don't even throw in the word necessarily. It is not an easy track. Uh, 7,100? No, thank you. Lane Riggs is back. I imagine he's back with Chris Larson and Chris and Stuart Friesen. But 6,900, probably not going to be something I'm interested in. How much did he cost at IRP? There's no way he was 6,900. We don't even know who Lane Riggs is. Lane Riggs, he's either a 1999 WCW wrestler. I mean, he's not even good enough to get into NWO Wolfpack. This guy is like fourth tier Shotgun Saturday night. Well, Shotgun Saturday night was WWF. So he's Saturday night main event. Maybe he's like in a dark match on Thursday night thunder. But you're not seeing Lane Riggs much. You're not seeing him. And if he's not that, Lane Riggs is like the second day, like an action figure in a straight to video, and I'm talking video VHS, not straight to DVD, not straight to streaming. I'm talking straight to VHS. Lane Riggs is an action, not even an action figure. He's just a cop. He's a cop in a movie. Riggs, turn in your badge, Riggs. Hand it over, Riggs. You crossed the line this time, Riggs. Lane Riggs was... He's 6,500. 6,500 at IRP, and he was optimal. DraftKings was on to something then. They knew, oh, yeah, we know about rigs. Give me your gun, rigs. Put your gun in your badge. You're done. You're going on six weeks. Suspension. No pay. You really did it this time, rigs. <laughs> I hope we get to see Lane Riggs more. I really did. Oh, God. You know what future fantasy NASCAR podcasts are going to be if we get more Lane Riggs. Riggs! That was a school bus full of children. They're all dead now. What were you thinking, Riggs? They're all dead. A school bus full of children. Because you had to nail... A Coke dealer 
Haley Deegan, 6700. She's fool's gold, isn't she? Every time you think that she's taking a step forward, it just doesn't work out. She wrecked the IRP. Had tons of experience at IRP from the ARCA series. Not a good day for her. It's never a good day for her. Talk about one of the most disappointing drivers in a long time. With that being the case, don't be surprised to see her get elevated and promoted to the Xfinity Series next year. 6,700. I'd rather take Riggs. Riggs, you killed my grandma. What were you thinking? I know the suspect had a gun to her head. But you killed her. Taylor Gray, 6,500. What are we doing here? Taylor Gray almost won at IRP. What are we doing? 6,500 is a steal for Taylor Gray in a Gillen truck. He almost won at IRP. Yeah, he did kind of play around with the stages. But he has been a decent race car driver. Now the data doesn't show up really all that well. Top 20 driver, around 20th place, around 20th place. But 6,500 for a Gillen truck. And I know, like, well, Haley Deegan's in a Gillen truck. Yeah, but she didn't almost win the last race. Taylor Gray tends to, I mean, we've seen what he's done in the ARCA series. He won a bunch of races. The kid's a winner. Well, Haley Deegan, well, Haley Deegan dumped a bunch of people to win her races. And those were a long time ago. Uh, Taylor Gray has been winning recently. And I can understand. I don't think he's a lock by any means, but I would definitely consider him over him or Timmy Hill. Brett Holmes has been an absolute disaster. Incredible disappointment. Looks like Jake Garcia is also going to be in a Bill McAnally. That's always a worry. We're going to run three Bill McAnally. Maybe I got to dial back my Colby Howard love here. Jack Wood. Yeah, probably not. He's got a couple of decent races, I think, somewhere. But, boy, he's last four not very good. But before that, halfway decent results. Just GMS, man. I don't know. Can't really get excited about any of those, can you? Got a couple place better than 21st. But, again, that's Gateway, Sonoma, Knoxville. I don't know. Joey Gase, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Caden Honeycutt, who's he racing for? Let's see. Stephen Lane. That's the guy, if you remember on the previous podcast, where I thought Chris Larson was on point. Stephen Lane. That's on point. That was Brennan Poole's truck. That was really good for Brennan Poole. And then we saw who took that over. Road course guy. I can't remember. It wasn't Chris Wright. It was somebody, and they just did not perform very well. Should be a halfway decent truck. Caden Honeycutt doesn't have any experience, though. 5,800. Oh, we'll see. Dean Thompson. Nice. Sometimes these trucks are okay. Sometimes I think Dean Thompson's got a couple top 25s and a couple poor results as well. You're rolling the dice with Dean. But at this point, you're rolling the dice with all these guys. Spencer Boy, just have back air in the back, turning circles. Hopefully he doesn't wreck. Hopefully he doesn't have a mechanical failure. Sometimes it works. Ross's brother, Chad Chastain, is going to get a second race. Didn't do anything at IRP, I believe. Is he for Nice as well? 
Needs more reps. We'll see what happens. You're rolling the dice. You're probably better off taking Spencer Boyd, who is going to have a more conservative approach, not do anything stupid, whereas Chad Chastain is A, a Chastain, B, trying to get some eyeballs on him, whereas Spencer Boyd's not going to take those chances. Be safe, survive to the end, get you some fantasy points. Chad Chastain probably not going to work out. Blaine Perkins, we could start to see some boosts up here. Blaine is like getting extra reps in the Xfinity Series now, running for Out Motorsports. Continues to run for Cody Robaugh. Not doing much here. Wallace Allen. Uh, nice, just like not really putting together the greatest trucks we've ever seen. But Wallace Allen's probably more consistent than Perkins, Chastain, or Boyd, maybe even Thompson. You consider him. The only issue with Lawless Allen is he's going to qualify better than all of these guys. So he might have a limited upside because he's not going very far forward. Second hill truck, hills are not doing much. They're not factoring in. They're not being optimal. Who's Britton Poole going to jump in here with? Oh, he's still running with GTG. These trucks suck. Not really wanting to run them. Rams are terrible. Who's Nick Light's running for? The Rams are terrible. Norm is Norm. Mason Maggio. Michael Peck. No clue about that one. Might want to look him because maybe we'll find some value, value there. Trey Hutchins back on the scene. Haven't seen him in a while. When did he last race? Kansas had the 31st driver rating. Getting down so low, I don't even have these columns sorted for these bums. We'll see with Hutchins. And then Justin Carroll running for probably what? Justin Carroll. He is a pretty bad trucks, not worth considering. So, as far as these super punts go, if he's starting last, maybe, but probably not. Trey Hutchins, if he's starting like last or second to last, maybe, but probably not. Same thing with Maggio. We'll see. Like maybe we won't want to dig into his stats, but to go into a Richmond race, extremely cold, with a truck we have no idea about, and a team we have no idea about, I can't imagine things are going to go very well. We know what Norm's doing if he even makes the race. We know what the Rain trucks are doing if they don't even make the race. Same thing. These guys are really – these punts almost seem like they're not even on the board. Wallace Allen is on the board, but he'll qualify in 22nd place. It's going to be tough to roster him. Good luck sorting your way through just really below 6,000. You know, in the Xfinity Series and even in the Cup Series, there's some guys that you feel slightly comfortable. And you know what, Joey Gase, for a young, that's interesting. Gase has got a lot of experience, owns his own team, runs a lot of races. Randy Young puts together pretty good trucks. That's probably going to end up being a pretty popular play. And that's a good place for us to end the Fantasy NASCAR podcast. I think this thing was pretty zany, pretty wacky, pretty wild, pretty hairy and scary. But that's what happens when you just get off work and you're on the treadmill and you're wearing a sweatsuit and sweating and all the whatever. should probably be drinking this water. Give me a second.
Time goes by, I'll tell you that much. Please check out racefortheprize.com. There is a red button at the top right of your screen. It says Brandon Cruz DFS. That'll take you to the Patreon. And in the Patreon, you can consider supporting this podcast, supporting the work that I put forward for you, and the work that Brandon Cruz puts forward for you. And if you do that, you get access to the Discord and all of his information and all of my spreadsheets and all my information. And hopefully that'll help you build better truck series, Xfinity series, Cup series, and Cup series lineups. Oh, and F1 lineups. I think I said Cup series once. Thanks for joining me. I got to go to bed. It's a long day. See you guys around.